Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to the Central New York Hockey Report podcast. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I can't wait to get this one going. Before I bring our guests in, though, as always, I'm over here with my sidekick, my uh, my partner in crime, so to speak, my cohort, my man, Mr. Dave Save Warner. How are you? Your hat duplicate. I know, right? Yeah, we're doppelgangers. Yeah, we're do- <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You have more hair than I do. <laughs> this is true. Nobody can tell right now, but yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, now that our, our fun introduction's over with here, let's get right on with the show. So, I got to tell you, last weekend, I was up in Oswego last Saturday night for the first ever whiteout game I'd ever been to. And what a scene that was up there. That was that was so much fun to attend. Uh, the Oswego State Lakers defeated number four, Plattsburgh, in an awesome game. And with us today, we have got the assistant coach of the Oswego State Lakers men's hockey team, Mr. John Whitelaw. Coach, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me, uh, Scott and Dave. Glad uh, glad I could get on. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you. And, uh, you know, we'll just start right off talking about that game because – like I said, I, we have a mutual friend who kept saying, you got to get up here for this. You've got to see this game. I said, yeah, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what, because I don't know if, if you know that. We're like about an hour and a half away from Oswego. Right. We're on the other side of Utica. So, you know, the, everything just lined up perfectly. It was a great driving day. No snow or no ice, no anything in the air. I was like, yep, I'm going to this game. And <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I'm so glad that I went. Because the dub was was full, it was rocking. What a time! What a game! And what a win for the Lakers! So, uh, just general impressions of that game. Yeah, I mean it's it's special anytime uh, you know us and Plattsburgh get together. It's uh, obviously a longstanding uh, rivalry that I think uh, the history is well documented out there. But um, you know, it's a game you mark on your calendars every single year. And I think it was kind of unique this year that it fell um, so late in the season. And so I think early in the year, obviously we knew there was going to be uh, a lot on the line, just given, you know, where things might be in the standings. And and as such, obviously it was a, a huge game uh, for both teams. And um, no, thankfully we were able to come out on top, but you know, for you, I, I hope you enjoyed your first experience because it's, uh, you know, it, it's something, you know, quite special and, and obviously a big part of, of Oswego's hockey uh, culture and tradition and, and obviously with Plattsburgh as well. So um, I think the fans were treated to, to a very good game, back and forth game, um, you know, and, and they provide a lot of energy and, and excitement. And, uh, no, it was overall, obviously, when you're on the winning side of things, you you walk away and you're, and you're quite happy. And uh, But no, just as a general hockey fan, I think it would have been a great game to be at and, uh, you know, an atmosphere unlike anything else, I think, at our level. So, Oh, absolutely. What an amazing game it was. I mean, like first two periods, Oswego was just flying. They were all over the ice. I was so – it was impressive the way that the pressure that you guys put on Plattsburgh. Plattsburgh kind of hung around, stayed in the game. They, they managed to tie the game. So yeah. once they tie the game, what was what was going on on the bench? What were you guys? What were you saying to the guys? Because it was it almost felt like okay, we took their punches and now we got a counter punch. Yeah, no, I, I gotta be honest. Like it was tough because, like you said, I think we felt so strong about how we've been playing in the first and the second period. Um, maybe thinking like, you know, it was only a two one game, and so maybe it was one of those feelings like, gosh, I feel like we we should have been rewarded a little more. And then you know, as always with with. The, those games, Oswego Plattsburgh, it seems to always go that way. They tie it up, and um, you know, I don't think there was ever any sense of doubt or anything like that. But it was just kind of, you know, our message is 
stick to what you're doing, you know, continue to, to do what's worked for you. And, you know, eventually we, we figured we would get rewarded and, and ultimately we were, but, um, you know, that was a huge goal by them uh, to tie it up that, you know, late in the third period there, it obviously set the stage for, you know, the dramatic finish, but, um, no, our guys, it was all about just, you know, continuing to stick to the process. Same thing. We preach every single day to them and, um, you know, you don't always get rewarded, but thankfully we, we did. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, I had alluded to the, the tremendous pressure that you guys were applying. Was that something you picked up on? And cause you've already beat Plattsburgh once this season going into that game, uh, five to three on December 2nd, they were actually the number one team in the nation, uh, yeah. when you did beat them. So was that kind of like part of the, the plan? Was that something you felt you could do against them? Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, when we're playing our best, that's that's just how we play. Um, and obviously, you know, you can see our record this year. It's it's been, you know, uh, extreme highs and extreme lows. But um, you know, I think when when our team's dialed in and, and all on the same page with the same goal, that's that's the kind of brand of hockey you see us play. And um, you know, that's a that's an easy game where you can usually get their focus and attention, and, and they're going to bring their best and. Um, you know, they certainly did. And, and, uh, against the Plattsburgh, you, you got to play your A game in order to have success. And, um, you know, that's two twice this year, uh, that we've been able to do it. And, um, no, it's just a credit to our guys for trusting our game plan and, and, um, you know, bringing their energy, uh, onto the ice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned, uh, it's been a season full of highs and lows. You're, you're right. I mean, you opened up the season by beating then number one Hobart. Um, and you've also got a win over Utica, who was ranked fourth when you played them. We already talked about the two wins against Plattsburgh, and then there were, were some games that you know maybe Oswego should have won. But how do you how do you manage the waters with that with the team? Because I mean that's got to be such an emotional high and emotional low. But now you really do have seemed to have right the ship because you've won eight of your last nine games. Yeah, no, we're. Uh... You know, like any team, uh, there's not a team in the country who hasn't gone through some adversity or anything like that. And, and you know, our story is, is our own story that we've had some some different things happen this year. And um, I think it's just finding a way to, to stick together and, and, you know, trust each other and, and trust ourselves. And, um, you know, it's been a learning experience for sure, because we've had so many of those moments where, you think you you finally found it and then only to be humbled, um, you know, quite quickly. But, um, you know, since uh, since the January break there, um, you know, with the exception of one game against Geneseo, I, I do truly think that, uh, you know, we're on to something here and, and the guys have really um, gelled and, and come close together. And, you know, hopefully it's at the right time of year because usually, you know, we always say you, this is the time of year you, you really want to be rolling and connected and, um, you know, with, like I said, with the exception of, uh, of a tough outing in Geneseo, we really have had, uh, you know, a connected group and, and have been able to have a lot of success. So hopefully we can continue to, to drive that, you know, a uh, big game tomorrow night with Cortland and then obviously into the playoffs. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, Geneseo is an outstanding team, so there's, you know, really, uh, no shame in losing to them. So let's talk about that for a second with the adversity you just mentioned you think that's going to help the lakers not only going into the conference tournament but also potentially the ncaa's having known you can overcome that now absolutely no that's like i said any any quality team or any team that goes far uh, i think you you always experience something as a group and usually the reason why a team wins ultimately in the end is because they can handle um, those moments of adversity uh, the you know better than than the other teams and so um you know i think our guys right now they're they're 
they're really close. It's a connected group. It's a large senior group. We've had a, a extra long year starting almost uh, in late July with a trip over to Europe and, um, you know, carrying that all the way through the season. So it's, uh, it's been a long year uh, from that standpoint, but um, no, I, I truly do believe they've, they've kind of found it here at the right time and, um, you know, we'll be tested, uh, you know, certainly tomorrow night and, and whoever our first playoff games against. So um, we'll, we'll see, you know, in terms of that, the, these adversities, uh, how we react, but um, given how we've shown uh, the last month here, I, I do like our odds. So. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize just how good the SUNYAC really is as a conference. No, it's, it's, I mean, I always, obviously, uh, you want to take pride and say it's the deepest, but I know, you know, uh, the NEHC, that's an absolute, um, you know, dogfight there with, with how deep that is. And, and a lot of the, uh, you know, Western conferences, NCHA and, and uh, the WIAC, but, um, you know, we're fortunate uh, to play in the SUNYAC where every single night you're, you're going to be tested. It's a battle um, top to bottom. It's very deep. And, um, you know, those, those rivalries too, I think that's, that's a nice thing too, is, is you have these rivalries that have been around for so long and, um, no, it's, it's a great conference to play in. It's deep and, and, uh, I think it'll be well represented in the national tournament this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. So you're the assistant coach, one of them up there. Uh, yeah. so what exactly is your role with the Lakers? Uh, yeah, I mean, this will be, I think, going into my eighth or ninth year. Um, I've kind of, uh, hit it at every level, right? So I, I was a graduate assistant for two years, uh, while Mark Digby was, was in the full-time position. Um, and then from there, uh, once I, I finished that, moved into a volunteer, uh, assistant position. And then ultimately when Mark moved on to the women's program, uh, was able to, to move into the full-time role and, uh, it kind of handles a bit of everything, right? Um, you Jack know, of all I, trades. Yeah, that's really like I, I was laughing um, with Coach Moffat. This was a couple months ago, but um, you know, at the Division Three level, it's it's an unbelievable job to have. But you you really kind of do it all. And uh, when we were up there in Plattsburgh, I saw him walking down the hallway with a vacuum. Uh, to go vacuum the locker room and I just I was laughing I go I know you know we joke about it all the time uh, you know Ed uh, who obviously has been doing it a, a very long time um, you know he'll always he'll joke about some of the the great division one coaches and say do you think so and so is doing this right now or, you know do a throw in the laundry you know whatever it may be but I think that's the cool thing about our level is is um, you know it's it's not a job it's it's just a, a love for the game it's a passion and um you you know you're willing to do anything to to help your team and, and to help the guys ultimately have a, a great experience and i know that's that's how i look at it i know how fortunate i was as a player um to have the coaching staff that i had uh, with you know mark digby and ed and and dan ford and mike gray and everything that they did uh, during my time and so i'm just kind of trying to to do the exact same and, and make sure that our guys have a phenomenal experience and, and one that they'll remember. So oh, that's, that's awesome. That really is. So are you involved with the uh, scouting or recruiting at all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, we we're all involved in our own way, but um, you know, I, I guess in terms of the travel side of things, I, I do a majority of that, but 
um, you know, it's, it's definitely a group effort, team effort, um, amongst all of us. And, um, you know, we, we all help out with that. Yeah. That, Cause I mean, you, you gotta be all hands on deck. Especially yeah, it's, I, again, I, I was talking, uh, just last week in Pittsburgh with, with coach Moffat again at Plattsburgh and, and we were talking about recruiting and how, you know, maybe, um, you know, uh, back in the day as you as you could say you could get away with with just one guy you know your head coach doing it or uh, maybe you know two guys but now it's you need there's so many good hockey players there's so many good leagues um, you know and in order to to separate yourself from from those top programs you need a lot of help and, and we're fortunate um, with with our setup at us we go with with Ed, um, obviously being the head coach there for, for a long time and, and myself, but to also have a, a full-time graduate assistant, Connor Tierney and Bobby Chattel as, as an assistant coach and, and Mike Gray uh, as another volunteer assistant coach, we're, we're fortunate to have a lot of guys, um, you know, that can help us out and, and um, you know, offer their opinions uh, in that process. Yeah, Coach Chattel was actually on our show about a month or two ago to talk about Salt City prospects, and what an yeah. awesome interview that was! Great. Oh, yeah, he's we're beyond fortunate to have him, uh, you know, helping our program, and it's been such a difference. Just I know it's only been a year and a half now, but um, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal teacher of the game. Uh, definitely, uh, when it comes to the details. Um, you know, he's one of the best that I've been around. And I think the, the personality too. our guys absolutely love him. He's fun loving, um, you know, him and I are, are very close friends and, um, you know, our staff dynamic is, is as good as it gets. And, and I think, you know, we say it all the time. We may not, uh, win every game and, and who knows where the season will go, but I don't think there's a staff that has as much fun and as many laughs as, as we do. So. <laughs> That's great. That is so great. So uh, I'll get into your playing career a little bit deeper in just a second, but you did play for Oswego from tw- uh, 2009 to 2013. Now you're behind the bench. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen from the time that you were playing to now being a coach? Um, I, I, or everything's if there, if there really is any. Yeah, I mean, a lot, obviously a lot is similar. Um, you know, I do think the student athlete has changed a bit, the dynamic in terms of, um, you know, how I was coached versus maybe how we have to coach today is a little different. Um, not to say that, you know, for instance, Ed has changed in, in any which way. It's just, I think, um, in the past, there maybe wasn't as much of a need for communication from the playing standpoint. Whereas now, you know, there's, it's constant. It's, I think the players definitely, they always want to be communicated with and and it's our job too to obviously also be relaying that to them but um you know i just knew in the past if if something wasn't going your way it was just kind of like all right i'm i message received i'm gonna work harder whereas now i think there's a lot more communication that goes into it and uh justification for you know maybe why you're in a certain position or not but um you know, for us, uh, in terms of our program, I don't think too much has changed. That's why I think, you know, we've been fortunate to have such a longstanding um, run of success, uh, you know, from the, you know, the entirety of the program. But just with the way in which Ed runs things and, and has run things, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're very stable in that. And not a lot's changed. He hasn't changed. Uh, you know, maybe he's evolved a little bit, but 
um, in terms of just the the genuine care for the players that's that's always been there and, and it'll never change so yeah you know that's that's true you know you hear that from a lot of coaches and especially the coaches that have been around for a long time you know it used to be just you're doing this because I told you to do it and that's right it. but now yeah. you know the, the players want to know why and I think that actually is is much better in the regards that it creates I don't want to say a smarter player but a more aware player well, it's absolutely. I mean, it's funny because, you know, we say it all the time, like it, it forces us to be better coaches, too, because sure. you, you know, as Ed likes to say, you have to sharpen your pencil. You can't, you know, simply just tell a player that, you know, hey, you're out tonight because, you know, you, you may have done this or that. No, well, you we have to back that up. We have to show them with video. We have to provide them with stats and analytics and all of that. Um, so I think it forces us as coaches to, you know, be accountable for our, our decisions as well um, and, and how we approach things. So, um, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's it's better today than maybe it was in the past because um, you're you're forced to to really justify your decisions. And I think also it allows you to form better relationships with the players too, just because there's so much more communication. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and like you said, I'm sure it, it, it not only just makes you, but it forces you to evolve your coaching style and, and maybe really learn more about the game. Absolutely. No, you're bang on. Excellent. So I, I mentioned your playing career earlier, and I think it's pretty safe to say that you are Mr. Oswego State Laker. Hmm. Uh, you, like I said, you played there 2009 to 2013. Uh, you were in the Frozen Four all four seasons you played. Uh, two national title games. You were captain of the team in 2012-2013. Uh, but let me ask you this. How did you end up uh, choosing Oswego State? Uh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, pretty simple decision, actually. Um, you know, I, I played up in a northern town in Ontario, in Huntsville, Ontario, with uh, one of my best friends, Jesse McConney. And obviously, like every player at our level, you have the hopes of going uh, Division One. And, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes it, it doesn't work out. And um, no, it was early in our season that uh, I had met Ed and, and at the time, Coach Danny Ford. And uh, I had no idea, one, about Division Three. I had no idea about Oswego, New York. I had no clue. But um, was fortunate enough to get to know them and meet them and, and took a chance to come down on a visit. And, um, you know, you witnessed it on, on Saturday night there uh, in the arena when that place is rocking. It, it was a no-brainer. And, and so for me, um, you know, my decision was was quite easy. That was really the only school I visited at the Division three level. And um, once I saw it and, and you know, got a, a little more in depth uh, in terms of the academic programs that were offered. Everything just felt, uh, felt right. And it felt like home. And, um, and you know, Ed uh, is probably the most likable and easy to easy guy to get to, to know. And so in terms of just the recruiting process, it, it just felt like, you know, I knew I was going to um, someone that would genuinely care about me and my development. And um, no, the rest is history. I'm still here. So that's awesome. That, that yeah. is. Uh, so you get done with your playing career at Oswego, and you go over to Europe. Now, I'm probably going to hammer this name, so yeah. certainly correct me when I'm wrong here. Uh, but uh, for 2013-14, you went over to France to play for uh, Morzine Evaraz the Penguins. 
pretty then, good that's pretty good i you know what i don't even think i'm gonna correct you because that's that's very uh very just, good i don't know you were just yeah. slurring a bunch of words together yeah, well, you didn't know what you were full disclosure here actually some of my ancestors actually came from quebec so okay, say, i'm not yeah. sure if they were thrown out or if they yeah. came over here willingly but <laughs> at some point they were thrown out probably yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome yeah very well done very well so uh <laughs> tell us about that experience over there yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, it was, uh, always a dream of mine, um, to go play, uh, over in Europe after, uh, finishing up at Oswego and kind of a, a strange route to get there. I, I had actually, um, signed in Utah and the East coast league with, uh, at the time my line mate, Paul Rodriguez. And, um, that's, uh, an eye opener to, to professional hockey quite quick. And when you say, uh, the term cup of coffee, that's what I felt like I legitimately had out in Utah, uh, being out there for, I think it was like a week, week and a half. And, um, you know, obviously, and unfortunately it didn't work out, but I think fortunately, um, the world works in, in weird ways. And, um, one of my other teammates, Andrew Hare was out in Morzine and, um, they had, I think a, a player go down and, and were scrambling to, to find somebody, you know, cause they start a little early. So I would say mid season over there and, um, you know, just good timing. I was able to, to go over and join the team and, uh, just an incredible experience, uh, living in the French Alps, um, traveling all over Europe. Um, I think, and, and then also it just opened my eyes to how many good hockey players there are in this world. Um, because that league was, was full of a, a lot of players from, from all over that had uh, their own unique stories. And um, I think it just, it opened my eyes to, um, you know, a, a different side of the game and, and different, uh, different ways to approach it. And um, no, just a, an unbelievable life experience. It's honestly, the hockey was quite secondary. It was, it was just the life, uh, you know, learning so much about other peoples and, and cultures. Did, was there a language barrier? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was quite funny. Uh, I mean, I I do have a, a, a minor, minor French background just in terms of growing up in Canada. So I, I could kind of understand a lot of it, but it, when it came to speaking, that was a little challenging. But uh, we had eight imports on our team, and we were kind of like the United Nations. We had a couple Canadians, a Finn, a Slovak, Latvia. Um, you know, so the, the imports, it's funny cause those guys all could speak English. We kind of stuck together and, uh, our French teammates, you had some that could speak English and they'd hang out with both of us. And then you had the other ones who could barely speak any. So, um, that was a unique situation. I had never, you know, dealt with that obviously, uh, on any teams I had grown up, but, um, you know, you, you have a common common denominator and that's hockey and uh you know i was able to to build a lot of relationships relationships that i still have today with a, a lot of those guys that i played with so oh yeah and absolutely and the way the game has grown especially with the with the top leagues in europe now all over europe yeah. it, it's really a testament to how much the game has grown uh so after you were done in france you came back stateside to coach uh you started off with well an oswego rival Cortland. so how did that yeah. go about no, it was, uh, I mean, that was, I went to school for teaching, um, but ultimately I think the goal was always to, to get into coaching. And uh, so although the, the teaching degree I got at Oswego uh, was amazing and, and brought me some good experiences in the classroom, um, 
my favorite subject to, to teach is hockey. And so I really wanted to get into coaching uh, right away. And, um, you know, obviously at the time there wasn't any opportunities uh, at Oswego. Um, and it just so happened that Cortland had an open position. And so given uh, my wife, uh, she at the time was my girlfriend, lived in Syracuse, it, it seemed like something that could work. And uh, I was able to go down and, and work with uh, Coach Cartarelli, who also kind of had some some Oswego ties from, from his past. And, uh, you know, it was a, a real fun year, uh, a real learning experience for me, and, and great to kind of see how another school, um, you know, what the experience is like at another school and, and also obviously a, another quality coach and, and Joe and, and how he does things and, and how he runs things. And, um, you know, for me as a first year coach to, to be able to be under Joe and uh, how detailed he was, uh, he, I think, set the bar for how hard you have to work in order to have success um, in this, you know, career. And, um, so it was fun for me to to work under Joe, and and obviously you can see the the success that he's gone on to have with that program. So um, that was uh, yeah, that was the first year to to dive into coaching down here. Yeah, it's so incredible just how big the hockey world is, but just how small it is at the same right. time. Yeah, no, it's you run into that, you know, especially in recruiting. Um, it's like whatever you want to call it, that six degrees of separation. There's somehow. <laughs> You know, when we're talking to a recruit, there's always some connection that we can find, whether it's a former coach that's coached them, player that's played with them, friend, cousin, whatever it might be. Um, you know, that's uh, that's your your bang on there. And then the following year, you got to return home. So how did that come about? Yeah, again, just kind of timing. Um, at the time, uh, Oswego had just started a, a graduate assistant Um position and uh kyle laughlin was was the first recipient of that and uh he uh had just finished his two years uh, with oswego and and the position was open and um you know it was at that time obviously i still very close ties with with ed and and coach digby and i don't know if it was that they didn't like seeing me in red and Cortland or or what but um it, it only made sense i wanted to get my master's uh especially with a focus in, in teaching. And, um, you know, so when they presented me with, with the opportunity to return back, it, you know, it, it was tough to leave Cortland because I really did, uh, you know, establish a good relationship with the players and, and with Joe. Um, but it, it was, you know, to the opportunity to go home and be back in Oswego and, and be able to, to get my master's in a subject that I wanted to, it was a no brainer. Oh, I can certainly imagine that. So you've got just about a decade of coaching experience under your belt now. Yeah. As a coach, what are some of the qualities that you're looking for in a player? And what would, what advice would you offer a young hockey player trying to work their way up through? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's just, it's always about like competing every single day. And I think anytime, you know, any of the successful teams, programs that I've been involved with, it's, um, you know, a, a team full of competitors, guys that push each other to to make each other better every day. And, you know, we say it all the time that we want rank rats at Oswego. We want guys that, you know, have that passion for the game that constantly are striving to get better. And, um, you know, I think we're fortunate that, you know, with our setup at Oswego, we can offer um, those resources to them in terms of, you know, all of the ice that they want and need and uh, weight room and, and video and a coaching staff that, you know, can, can take care of them. But, 
no, I, I think, uh, you know, for us, it's just compete uh, every day. That's one thing that, you know, sometimes can be a little hard to teach the, the fundamentals and, and details of the game. I think you, you typically can coach, but um, I think, you know, what's inside of you uh, and, and what motivates you every single day, that's, that's what we're looking for. And, and guys is, is guys that are self-motivated and self-driven and, um, you know, constantly pushing themselves to, to get better. Yeah, because you can't coach heart and desire. Right, no, and, and you can't win without it either. So, Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Coach, I mean, you've had quite a career, uh, both on the ice and off the ice, and you've got one more accolade now. You are a Hall of Famer, uh, <laughs> 2023 inductee into the Oswego Athletic Hall of Fame. How did that make you feel? Uh, it was, I'll be honest, it was a surprise. I, I was at home in the summer, and, I got an email and I honestly thought it was like a spam thing or something. (laughs) I I know I probably get in trouble for saying this, but our school sends out so many emails, um, you know, with different events or things that are happening on campus. I think at first I glanced at it and was going to delete it because it just said something like, you know, a hall of fame, something. Nigerian prince, $11 million. Yeah, no, from coming to America. It, it, it just it didn't seem like uh, it just seemed like one of those generic spam emails. So, um, but then obviously opening it up and seeing that it was it was a shock factor, right? Um, you know, I guess you're you're never really prepared for that or uh, thinking of it. But it, it was kind of cool because my family was down at the time uh, from Canada, and uh, you know, got to kind of share that news with them and, and share that moment and. Um, pretty special uh, to be recognized and you look at you know not just the the hockey players that are in there obviously um, there's so many of uh, uh, great players that have gone in from our program but then just the other athletes too other um, athletes that that were there during my time I mean Chad Burge was a a basketball player that went in uh, with me I guess in this class and um, was a phenomenal player and so just to, to kind of be surrounded by um, not just other great hockey players, but other great, you know, Oswego athletes. So it was pretty cool to be recognized. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, coach, this has been an, a great time. We appreciate you coming on to talk to us. Uh, you got the game tomorrow night against Coral, and that closes out the regular season. And then you head into the Suniac, and like I said, looking to uh, get into the NCAA's as well. But your team's getting hot at the right time. We hope so. We hope so. It'll be, uh, like I said, every game from here on out is going to be a tough test, and uh, we're excited for the challenge. And um, no, just I, I do want to take time to, to thank you guys for, for all you do and promoting hockey in, in the central New York area. And, um, you know, we're so fortunate to, to have such, you know, so many quality programs from, from youth to, to college to pro. And uh, I think we're lucky to have guys like yourself that uh, that promote it. So thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. And thank you for, for taking the time to, to talk to us and to work with us because it, it makes it easy to do. And we got friends like you. So <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Well, Coach, best of luck the rest of the season, and we will talk soon. Great. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks, Coach. That was Coach John Whitelaw from the Oswego State Lakers. All right, folks, that's all the time we got uh, to keep up on some Lakers news and, well, news all around Central New York. Uh, hockey, that is. <laughs> Check out cnyhockeyreport.com every day. All right, so I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on the Central New York Hockey Report podcast.